Hey, 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 happy 2024. Cannot believe this is a new year, but I'm so excited. I'm not sure about you, but the first week of January is always like go time, you know, especially for a business. Uh, I have on the line my good friend and buddy, Mr. Chuck Credo. Chuck, how you doing, bud? What's up, my man? How you doing? I am, I am just blowing it up, man. This first week is not as dull as I thought it was going to be. People are ready to go. People are coming into Mardi Gras season fired up, and uh, they're ready to get out there and have some fun. Yes, yes. When's um, when's the next time you're playing live, like for public? Uh, well, so we public wise, we will do March the first. Uh, at the Jefferson Parish Performing Arts Center for our Elton John tribute show called The One, and that those tickets are on sale now. So we won't see anybody publicly speaking until until March 1st, but we'll be playing at the various Mardi Gras balls around town, and we'll probably see most of everybody who That's shows so cool. up things. That's so cool. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be another great year. Oh, man. I can't believe, so for people who don't live around here, um, Mardi Gras is early this year like really early and it's really late next year i think next year it's march 3rd or 4th that might it might kill us next year so i'm happy this year kind of get to mid-february and kind of get it finished wow yeah yeah that that is late (laughs) it's a lot lot, i'm not gonna lie it's a lot it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of everything yeah especially this year you know we're already coming off of a busy december and you know, mm-hmm. blowing right into the balls and stuff that I'm sure is happening. Yeah, the whole Mardi Gras world um, experience we have here in New Orleans, it's it's like a culture by itself, honestly, because there's old school um, rituals and stuff that they stick by on some of these Mardi Gras balls. They are evolving, though, but, you know, expl- explain to somebody really quick who doesn't know anything about what a Mardi Gras ball is. Like, how would you sum that up in a simple way? <laughs> So if you take like the most traditional sense of, of the Mardi Gras ball, it's really divided into two things. There is something early on called the tableau, which is a presentation of the Mardi Gras courts, the riding lieutenants, the maids of honor, uh, the new captain and all that kind of stuff. There's usually something called the coronation ball where they're going to pick their new king and queen for that year. And they will rule over the uh, parade on the king's float, the queen's float. Uh, so that's the first part of the ball. And then there is the second part, which after the tableau usually is in one big ornate room. And then everybody kind of flows out into another room for live music and dancing, depending how late it is, some of them are called breakfast, uh, you know, <laughs> breakfast parties. So they're serving breakfast at a lot of them because it's so late, you know, 11 o'clock, midnight. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and, and the band plays and people pack the dance floor and it goes till three, four in the morning. I don't, you know, people who come to visit us, this is why they get addicted to New Orleans. <laughs> you know, we're, we just have to, we have a lot of cool things that we get to experience. And the neat thing is we, we really do celebrate many different kinds of um, everything from Cajun traditions to the African-American traditions to jazz to here's Mardi Gras, rock and roll. We have so many things to, that you can get your, your taste buds for art salivated and, and wet and thirsty. Uh, you're not you're not kidding. Well, I mean, when you sit and you look at um, 
uh, you, you might you might have attended a Mardi Gras ball and then you see a picture of that same ball from 1885. Yes. And you realize that the thing that you just did, people were doing mm-hmm. <laughs> that long ago. And then you can trace the history of that party, yes. that ball, and that crew all the way through the ups and downs of the world wars and, and, you know, and everything that has come along the way. And it's, it's steeped in tradition. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's so unique, man. That's the thing that, that really gets me fired up. It's, it's this time of year where everything is just screams our culture. And, um, it's sad for those people that don't get to experience that or, or that are here that don't like it. And that's, you know, plenty of those two, plenty of people say I'm not into Mardi Gras. And really, I think what they mean is they're not into the parades, right? Uh, going out to the parades and, and being like that because the culture and the activity and the buzz in this town is so much fun. It's like, yes. I don't know how you can avoid it. Yes. Yes, yeah. everybody, everybody's seen on, on on TV. You guys are just seeing the party part. You know, you're seeing the parades and the, and it really is truly amazing that how many millions of people we have out on the street and and you know for the most part everybody's cool with each other, and uh, it's the biggest free party you can go to, and um, come back every year, which is awesome. But yeah, that that's exactly true, man. The whole tradition of what that parade crew is about. Um, goes back into the traditions, and if you, anybody can attend one of these balls one day, if you have a friend or some way you can, I don't know how you can get in there if you don't know somebody, honestly. But um, seeing yeah. all the behind the scenes of what it's about makes you feel so good, and why we're doing what we're doing, and then the party is just a parade that everybody goes out and sees. But um, I'm, I love being a part of it; I really do. Yeah, and I'm actually going to recommend a book for anybody that might be listening to GK that might not be uh, that might not know a lot about Mardi Gras, but is interested. There's a book by Dr. Stephen Hales uh, called I think it's just called Rex R E X, mm. who of course is the uh, you know uh, the the head of Mardi Gras is, is is the Rex Parade, and this book goes into detail about the history of the organization and how the organization has kind of led the way for Mardi Gras to flourish in over the past 200 years. Wow. So definitely if someone's listening and they're interested in, in carnival history and learning more about it, the Rex book uh, by Dr. Stephen Hales, fantastic. Oh, and, and look, talk about history. Um, you know, Rex is the big parade on Mardi Gras day, but what's the, uh, what's the other one? Um, they do with the blackface. I forget the name of it. Oh, Zulu. Sure. Zulu with, with the coconuts and all. Zulu, those, sure. those two are the biggest, period, on, on Mardi Gras Day. And honestly, I see them as even. Not really like, I mean, Rex may be older, I think. But um, the it, so I have a little story for you. I'm, I'm gonna bounce. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bounce to my younger years, okay? When I was in high school, and uh, I'm, I'm a drummer. For those who don't know, and uh, my neighbor down the block, Mr. Bruce Herstis, um, if you're a local living here, you've seen Mr. Bruce on TV several times over the years. He's the older guy, usually at a Saints game that they show, and he's dancing here and there. He has his, his brass horn. Um, now he's in his 90s, and I don't think he's doing that this year, but he's been doing it forever. But he called me when I was uh, in high school, and his his brother was the drummer. And I would like go down to you know to the, his house at the corner when they had practice, and I would sit in for these Dixieland jazz band practices. 
And uh, you can say I got some culture in me. And it was neat. And it was just, it was great to see how they fed off each other musically. You know, they would just wink at each other and know when who's going to take a solo <laughs> and who's not. Sure. You know what I mean? And um, oh, yeah. Mr. Bruce called me up like on a Thursday or a Friday and he says, uh, Judge, uh, what you doing Saturday? I said, well, isn't Saturday? Or oh, it's Tuesday. See, Tuesday's uh, Mardi Gras. He goes, yeah, uh, my brother's sick. He ain't feeling good. You think you can come play the bass drum? I said, for, I said for what? He goes, we're in Rex. I'm like, Ooh. oh, snap. That's very cool. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, come see me tomorrow morning. Be here by five. We have a lot to do. <laughs> I said, okay. So we go and we're lining up. And for those who don't know this about parades, there, there actually is a lot of order within the parade itself. You know, it's like it's like a movie script. You know, they know who's the next character coming up. They call out the band. Like it's very organized, actually. Um, it's the people in the crowd that kind of go nuts. But the parade itself actually has a purpose. Um, mm -hmm. And he told me, he goes, "Look, I'm just gonna give you a heads up. I mean, I know what are you, 17, 18? I said 17. He goes, "Okay, just want to let you know, Mardi Gras Day is a lot different than any other day when you go see a parade." When, you, when we're going down St. Charles, I'm just letting you know, we're going to hit Lee Circle. And Lee Circle has been known to be extravagant. And I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, you'll see. <laughs> said, okay. So we're going down St. Charles. It's hot as usual. We come to a pause. And I'm just dying to thirst. We you know, put the drum down. And there's a guy in the crowd right to the left. And he had his little ice chest. And he goes, hey, man. Y'all look thirsty. Would you like a beer? And he holds up a little Miller Pony. And I look at Mr. Bruce, and Mr. Bruce is thirsty too. He goes, drink it fast. <laughs> I said, okay, man. So I slammed that cold Miller, and it was perfect. It was delicious. And then we make our way to Lee Circle. When I tell you the ladders of people, the wall of people on both sides, by itself was impressive. But for some reason, this area by Lee Circle, uh, the ladies thought it'd be a great idea to have no shirts on and somewhat painted or whatever they did. And it, was, it was like eyes are so huge. But everybody's just having a grand old time, <laughs> you know? Everybody's saying, throw me something, mister. And here they are, shirtless. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you get great weather... That Mardi Gras Day experience really can be second to none. It really can be. And, you know, what time did you get out there in the morning, GK? Was oh, it like 5 a.m.? Yeah, it was like 5, 5.30. 5.30. And, I mean, Rex typically gets past Gallier Hall now about like 1 or 2 o'clock. And mm -hmm. then the truck floats follow it. And Zulu would have paraded before them. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an all-day event. And then, of course, all lead, that all leads to the... Um, to the meeting of the courts of Rex and Comus later that night. So these folks literally start at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. and go all the way till midnight yeah. uh, and then go w way later than that, too, by the way. So it's a oh, it's yeah. almost a 24 hour deal. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really, really is. So um, that was my best story that I can give anybody, honestly. When anybody says, what is your favorite experience about Mardi Gras? I always divert back to when I was 17, just because, um, you know, being in Rex, in the parade itself, is already wow. 
you know. Yeah. But then when you get to experience how everybody's that that's out there. I mean, there's only a, honest to God, there's only a handful of idiots. Um, mostly, it's a lot of people that are just having fun, families, friends. Yeah. It really is, you know. It's a, a lot shame. Of families that, of every of every ethnicity, every of every persuasion yep. of every uh, is truly a melting pot of family and culture and like you said with a few dumbasses mixed in yep uh, but overall it's really what you said it's it's a good it's a positive experience it, it really is man and uh you know after hurricane katrina came and things were all messed up and people were gone i had a job that I parked behind Jack's Brewery in that parking lot. I had a job out there, and I forgot to put cash on me going downtown to pay for parking. And I was like, oh, my God, what the heck do I do? And i never forget this. This truck of um, college kids, um, all different colors in the car, man. They were like, hey, man, you okay? And I'm like, I, said, I didn't bring any money coming down here. I'm trying to just get home. And they didn't even question, dude. They just looked at each other. Somebody pulled out a 20 and they said, here you go, brother. And I'm like, dude, give me like your, your address or something so I can send this back to you. And they were all like, nah, 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 nah. That's not how we do good deeds around here. And I was like, I know. I live here. And he's like, there you go. Taking care of our own. <laughs> and he leaves. And I, and I was like, this is my city that sadly nobody sees on TV because all they put is the idiots on TV. You know, That's right. we have such awesomeness here that I can't even bottle it up. Like you just have to come experience it for yourself. You know, I couldn't agree more, my friend. I could not agree more. Oh my gosh! So look, while we have your your um, undivided attention, is there anything you would like to uh, get out to the public? Oh man, uh, <laughs> anything and everything. Um, <laughs> I, you know, man, we we're just in the thick of redesigning a bunch of our shows. The uh, the Mixed Nuts have a brand new show that we're debuting over this uh, very exciting Mardi Gras time. So, if you are able to come to Endymion or to Orpheus and to see the show, it's going to be something brand new that we're super excited about. We've been working the last six months on developing a whole new thing, and uh, so we're excited to debut it. Um, you know, our other groups, Sugar Shaker and After Party, are playing all the time you're going to see them at the crew of toast you're going to see them uh, uh sugar shaker just played for the crew of rio in lafayette and you'll see them at orpheus as well so uh we just have a very busy uh season coming up and mm -hmm. we kind of batten down the hatches a little bit uh up until we get to the spring and then we kind of come back up for air so we don't have <laughs> too many public shows coming up right now sugar shaker will play on january 19th at rock and bowl but predominantly uh it's all um it's all private work um you'll see amanda shaw doing a few things of course amanda just got back from the west coast she was just in the rose bowl parade with um yes. with billy nutgesser and the department of tourism of louisiana so she's doing fantastic things uh she has a big show announcement coming up in a few days that i can't say publicly yet but uh you'll know it when it comes out That's so and cool. um so that'll be over carnival and then she's got a very exciting spring season coming up too and yeah we're just uh we're super excited and we're we're planning our stages right now for our tribute show season in the summer and getting all those dates lined up and personnel lined up as well so so yeah things are things are blowing and going over here <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what so everybody who doesn't under that 
doesn't know this part about you is that Chuck is the owner of his own uh, agency, um, the WCA agency, and he manages um, a handful of amazing, amazing, talented bands, honestly. And, um, you know, what I've always respected about you, Chuck, is that you only work with the best because you and I both know when you work with the best, sometimes it's easier to get things done because everybody's on the same page, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, you put these people on the stage and you just let them play and, and beautiful things happen. And they're because they're good people. Oh God. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Best musicians in the world are great people first. So yep. yep. I mean, I'm they're, serious, uh, they're fantastic. And it makes my job extremely easy to, uh, manage, promote and produce all those shows. So yeah, it's, this is it's my pleasure. This is true. Well, I can't wait to come hang with you. And uh, yeah, there's two balls in general coming up that uh, I'm excited. I'll have my camera with me. So, <laughs> Well, let's go do something, man. We got a lot coming up, man. It's going to be a fun few weeks uh, coming up. And I just can't believe that we've gone from Christmas right to Mardi Gras so quickly, although we do it every year. So I don't know why it surprises me. But, yeah, but here we are. I just can't believe the holidays are over and we are – knee deep into Mardi Gras already. It's like, man, I saw it on the calendar. I just didn't believe it would go that fast. <laughs> you know, what's weird. Somebody brought a, a king cake over to the house the other day and I was like, already. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's like, like, yes, wow, please. King's day. And, uh, I'm one of these superstitious people. I can't have them before King's day. And I, I can't really? have it after Ash Wednesday. Uh, no king cake. There's a definitely no king cake policy here. I, I, I do believe the Mardi Gras gods will look down <laughs> upon me and disgust if I eat it anytime I'm here. But, um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, and I feel like that's new. I mean, not that it's new for me because I've always held it, but like I, I felt like I voiced it a few years ago. And, and I'm saying, not because I voiced it, I'm saying because. I'm starting to see people say that out loud now. I'm really? like, this is great because I always thought that it was bad luck to eat king cake out of season, and now other people are saying it too. I'm like, I am not crazy. This is great, <laughs> you know. That's you can't awesome. eat that. You can't eat it in July. You can't have king cake in July. That's not <laughs> no, right. It's not right. <laughs> no, it tastes, must taste different or something. Like you can't have it. It's magical between January sixth and Ash Wednesday. It's magical. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Oh my gosh, I have so many visions in my head right now. I have so many, you know, we have so many out of town clients that we deal with on a commercial private event kind of basis. And I just kind of giggle when they're all dying to put the beads on, you know, and they're on one of these balconies and they, they just assume what they see on TV is going to happen. Like wave a bead, somebody's going to flash you. And it's like, it's not how it is all the time over here, y'all. <laughs> You know, I Bourbon Street had a disservice done to it with Girls Gone Wild in the late 90s, early yes. 2000s, where it was yes. on every infomercial. It's like, that's not exactly how it is. But, like, <laughs> people that are old enough to remember that have it imprinted in their brain that this is how it's supposed to be. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I want to so bad grab those people and, like, let's rewind to, like, the <laughs> 80s and 70s when Bourbon Street actually had, like, great music on it and... <laughs> was very uh just seeping in culture right mm -hmm. and right now it's like uh it's it's an it's a image of itself it's a it's a caricature of itself i should say yes it is and maybe one day we'll get it back i don't know 
Yeah, I think that's called Frenchman Street now. <laughs> it is. You're right. No, Frenchman does have a degree of what bourbon used to do. Uh, yeah, in a large degree, it sure does. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, look, I'm so glad we finally got it. For those of you who don't realize this, a lot of times Chuck and I were just texting going, hey, you got you got five minutes for a podcast call in. And um, I literally have not seen this guy since before Christmas. So, no, um, that's right. Yeah, man. So thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your phone call. And uh, oh. when you hear um, his sponsorship at the end of the podcast, you, now you know the voice that goes with it. <laughs> There it uh, is. I Here it. I am in all my glory. And, That's it. Uh, I'm going back to work. We have a Tina Turner tribute on Thursday in Baton Rouge. I'm, nice. I'm prepping for and She's learning so all of the guitar leads for at this point. So I'm heading back into my salt mine to uh, put go. my head down and absorb Tina Turner's music. I'm about to go. Uh, Talissa's so good, man. She's just so good. She's great. She's the best. She is. She know, and I kill it. This is a private event that we do every year. And this year's theme was Tina Turner and the Metropolitan. So mm. we're going to dress like we're going to the Met Gala, and we're going to play a bunch of Tina Turner songs. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Brother Chuck. Yeah. I, uh, I thank you. I love you. I will talk to you soon. And uh, that's it, man. We're going to jam very soon, actually. Yeah, baby. We're going to make it do what it do, you know. Come on now. You got it. All right, everybody else, you guys and girls, stay focused on your dreams, and I will catch you in the next podcast. Later. Today's podcast brought to you by the WCA Agency, the William Credo Agency, a boutique special events production and media design. Find them at WCAEntertainment.com. Thanks, Chuck.